Did you know that parents rank financial literacy as the number one most difficult life skill to teach? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families. With Greenlight, you send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and keep an eye on your kids' spending with real-time notifications. Kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. And parents can rest easy knowing their kids are learning about money with guardrails in place. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. How old are you? I'm 25. 25. And let me paint the picture. Mr. Cotton looks probably exactly what you think an internet genius would look like. Are we hanging out with Mark Zuckerberg right now? Is that what's going on? (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately not. (laughs) The audio you're hearing comes from a podcast called True Bromance. It was hosted by a couple guys from Vancouver who usually just interviewed their friends or anybody who was doing something interesting around town. In March of 2014, their guest was a 25-year-old entrepreneur by the name of Gerald Cotton, who just a few months earlier had launched a Bitcoin exchange. Our exchange launched on December 26th. That's Quadriga, right? Yeah, that's Quadriga. Yeah. In the last episode, I told you about Jerry's death or his alleged death in India in 2018. And I told you that before he died, Jerry was running Quadriga all by himself from his personal laptop. And I also told you about his customers who lost $215 million when the exchange folded. But that was the end of Quadriga. In this episode, I want to tell you about the beginning. Welcome to Exit Scam, a podcast about a mysterious death and a missing fortune. This is part two, the co-founder. Now, the CEO of one of Canada's biggest cryptocurrency exchanges died while he was on a trip to India. Neighbors on the Kelowna Street where Gerald Cotton owned a home are also stunned. He was the CEO of Cardriga CX. If you want to buy Bitcoins, I would recommend just going to my site, obviously. So quadrigacx.com. <laughs> Complicated name, I know. In Quadriga's early days, the company wasn't just run off of Jerry's MacBook. It was a modest startup with an office in Vancouver's Gastown neighborhood and a small team of employees. So now, how many employees do you have at Quadriga right now? Uh, right now, we have about five. Okay. Uh, me and then like programmers and a few other people who help out with things like compliance. Jerry also had a co-founder, but you'll notice he's not very excited to talk about him. And how many partners do you have in this in owning this business? I have one partner. Oh, okay. Who is basically we share the business. Okay. And then, yeah, there's the employees as well. Employees as well, like the. But Jerry and his anonymous friend had good timing. When they founded Quadriga, Bitcoin wasn't quite new, but the price had just gone above a thousand bucks for the first time. Some early investors had gotten rich, so regular people were starting to become interested. The typical Bitcoin user is probably not what you're imagining. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, with my business, I've met a lot of my clients, and it ranges from 18-year-old college kids all the way up to 75-year-old grandmas right. who think it's cool to buy a few Bitcoins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But for Jerry, Bitcoin was more than just something to invest in. It was a whole new mindset. Well, it's interesting because Bitcoin itself is not an entity. 
So it's not like we're actually promoting a business per se. We're kind of promoting a new way of thinking of how money works instead of using traditional currency, mm-hmm. which is basically antiquated. Yeah. So to enlighten Canadians on this new, better kind of money, and to hopefully drum up some business while they were at it, Quadriga sponsored local Bitcoin conventions, and Jerry became one of the directors of the Vancouver Bitcoin Co-op. Which is basically a nonprofit that works to promote Bitcoin. Every Monday night, we actually have our Bitcoin co-op meeting in our office in Gastown. Yeah. So we've had times when 50 people show up, and everyone's just interested in Bitcoin. All were welcome. And while you were there, Jerry would sell you Bitcoin on the spot. Quadriga also announced plans to install Bitcoin ATMs in businesses around Vancouver. It's like a Bitcoin vending machine in a way. Ah. Go up, put some cash in. You scan your QR code, yeah. mm-hmm. which is basically for your Bitcoin wallet. Yeah. yeah, And within a few seconds, you have the coins in your wallet. Oh, cool. There's a great video that's still online of Jerry showing a friend's young daughter how to use one of Quadriga's Bitcoin ATMs. Okay, so hit the start button. Okay, now scan the QR code. Hold that up to there. Done. Now your wallet's funded. Most of Jerry's social world revolved around Bitcoin. I first met Jerry in, um, in a, a Bitcoin meetup. This is Michael Perklin. He's a Bitcoin security expert. Back then, uh, this must have been 2013 or 2014, being a regular in the, in the, the Bitcoin scene in Toronto back then. I, I got to know most of the people, and Jerry was, was a new face. And what perked my ears up was he was telling another group of people at this meetup about his Bitcoin exchange. And that struck me as, uh, as interesting because at the time, there, were only, there was only really one uh, Bitcoin exchange. So I gravitated towards that conversation, introduced myself, and uh, that, that, that's how we met. What were your early impressions of him? My early impressions of Jerry were he was careful, reserved, uh, professional, and uh, uh, humble. He had a way of talking where it was clear he was thinking about each of his words before he was, he was saying them, something that you typically see with, like, I don't know, a politician or, or something like that. Uh, he definitely knew enough about Bitcoin that he wasn't like a marketing guy who's just repeating the Bitcoin headlines. Jerry made a good spokesperson for Quadriga. He was just a couple years out of business school, and he looked even younger than he was, with wavy, reddish-blonde hair and glasses. He was a bit socially awkward, but he had a strange charisma. People liked Jerry. He reminded them of something. Are we hanging out with Mark Zuckerberg right now? Is that what's going on? Uh, Unfortunately not. (laughs) Jerry was what a normal person thought a tech genius was supposed to be like. Somebody who could change the world, or at least get rich. Jerry made people feel like if they bought Bitcoin from him, maybe they could get rich too. But a year after launch, Jerry and his co-workers weren't making much money yet. In fact, they were losing it. Between November 2014 and January 2015, Quadriga had operating costs of $90,000 and a revenue of only $22,000. 
They were basically doing the business of an unsuccessful subway franchise. Bitcoin exchanges like Quadriga earn only a small percentage when somebody buys or sells Bitcoin. And not enough people were doing that yet. But soon, Quadriga caught a lucky break. Their main competitor went out of business. CA Vertex, which until then had been the top Bitcoin exchange in Canada, announced suddenly that it had been hacked and was shutting down. So practically overnight, Quadriga jumped to first place. Jerry happened to be a guest at a conference in Toronto the week it happened. So, you know, there's a reason, Gerald, why you are now Canada's largest Bitcoin exchange. Do you care to tell the story? What happened to the former largest Bitcoin exchange? Um, They just cited a variety of reasons, banking troubles, legal troubles. But as a result of them shutting down, it's been great for me. (laughs) Jerry and his team were barely getting started. And already they had the biggest Bitcoin exchange in the country. Now they just needed to figure out how to turn a profit. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Remember Jerry's mysterious co-founder? The partner he didn't want to talk about in that interview? And how many partners do you have in, this, in owning this business? I have one partner. Basically, we share the business. Okay. And then, yeah, there's the employees as well. Employees as well. Like the, and the employees. Jerry won't say his name, so I will. His co-founder was a guy named Michael Patron. Jerry wasn't just evasive about Mike in interviews. He also kept Mike's name out of Quadriga's early public documents. In all press releases, Jerry alone was listed as Quadriga's founder, CEO, and director. But Quadriga was Mike's company, just as much as it was Jerry's. And Mike wasn't as keen on keeping himself hidden as Jerry was. After a couple years in business, Mike gave an interview about Quadriga to a group from a co-working space called Decentral Vancouver. 
Uh, our guest tonight is Michael Patron from Quadriga, uh, one of our sponsors. And I guess we're going to do a little Q&A session with you, if that's correct. Sounds good. I'm not really familiar with the history of the company, so can you tell us a little bit about how long it's been around, why you created it? Sure. Um, well, in mid-2013, when I decided to get more involved with Bitcoin, the only exchange of notes in Canada was Vertex. They had a monopoly, which many believed they were abusing. So the co-founder, Gerald, and I believed that we could do better, and uh, Quadriga was born. Mike was five years older than Jared. He was more worldly and projected a macho self-confidence. He practiced Brazilian jiu-jitsu and had bulging tattooed biceps. He claimed that he'd fought as a professional MMA fighter and won millions of dollars in poker tournaments. You can find pictures of him online, driving Lamborghinis and posing next to tigers. So to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? When Mike introduced himself at Bitcoin meetups, he told some people he was from India, others that he was from Italy, but he told everybody who would listen that he was a serial entrepreneur with vast experience in digital currencies. Sure, I've been working with digital currencies since about uh, 2003. I've operated numerous exchanges, merchant platforms, casinos, provided advisory services with respect to growth and development of other such companies. I've been very, very involved with digital currencies for uh, the better part of my adult life. Jerry and Mike made an odd couple. People who met them at Bitcoin co-op meetings said Jerry acted overly deferential to Mike, sort of like his nerdy little brother. Some of those people wondered if Mike, not Jerry, was really the one in charge at Quadriga. Jerry may have been the spokesman, but Mike was the businessman. And as a businessman, he wasn't happy with all the money Quadriga was losing. So he came up with a plan to turn things around. He wanted to take the company public. Here's Jerry making the announcement at a conference in Toronto. The big announcement is we have announced that Quadriga CX will be going public. Anyways. If that sounds ambitious, it's probably because it was. Not only was Quadriga in the red with no path to profitability, no Bitcoin exchange anywhere in the world had ever gone public before. Mike hired a Vancouver businessman to raise money. And for a while, everything seemed to be on track. But in early 2016, the whole thing fell apart. And not only did Quadriga's bid to go public fail, it ripped the company in half. Mike and Jerry had a blowout mega fight, and Mike left the company. And then most of Quadriga's board of directors quit, leaving Jerry completely in charge. There was a lot of finger pointing afterwards. Mike sued the businessman he'd hired, claiming the poor quality of his work was responsible. But Mike also blamed Jerry. He said Jerry had suddenly decided to halt the listing process because it was too much work. But to hear some people tell it, there may have been another reason Quadriga never went public. It was probably the same reason Jerry wouldn't say Mike's name in that interview and why on paper, Jerry was listed as Quadriga's only founder. It was a rumor, a rumor that was spreading around the Canadian Bitcoin industry. The rumor was that Michael Patron wasn't really Michael Patron. And that rumor was true. Michael Patron had changed his name 
twice. He used to be Omar Patron, and before that, Omar Danani. And Omar Danani had some dark secrets. Omar was born in Canada in 1983. When he was a kid, he moved with his family to Southern California, a town called Fountain Valley. Omar was into computers, and in the early 2000s, when he was in his late teens, he joined a ring of cyber thieves that sold stolen identities and credit card numbers. It was called Shadow Crew. On the Shadow Crew forums, Omar went by the screen name Voleur, which is French for thief. There's been a lot of talk about how Shadow Crew was basically the eBay of cybercrime. Gollum, that was, that was my screen name, Gollum Fun. This is Brett Johnson. He built and ran Shadow Crew. It's kind of like a criminal field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. So we were the first websites, the first website of its kind. It was just word of mouth. You know, we didn't have Reddit or 4chan or anything like that back then. And at one point, I think we had a million hits a week. Valer, a.k.a. Omar, was one of Shadow Crew's money launderers. A lot of members were using e-gold. And e-gold is that precursor to Bitcoin, to cryptocurrency. When Shadow Crew's hackers wanted to cash out the profits they made selling stolen identities... They needed someone to convert their dirty e-gold into clean money they could spend in the real world. What Omar did was he starts saying, I can cash out your e-gold. For a 10% fee, Omar would exchange e-gold for a prepaid debit card. In 2004, Omar bragged in a chat room that he was laundering between forty dollars and $100,000 a week in e-gold. Pretty good. But here's the bad news. The United States Secret Service was listening in on that chat room. We were um, intercepting text messages from the Secret Service about them investigating Shadow Crew. When the agents stormed in on 20-year-old Omar at his parents' house, they found a new Mercedes in the driveway and a bunch of Western Union money orders stuffed in a closet. Omar pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to transfer identification documents was given 18 months in a maximum security prison. He was released from jail in May 2007, was deported by the United States. He moved to Canada. Omar changed his name to Mike, but besides that, not much was different. He went right back to his old hustle. This time he used a newer digital currency called Liberty Reserve, which was popular with cyber criminals and drug cartels. Mike bought Liberty Reserve in bulk and sold it through a website he'd set up called Midas Gold. Over the next five years, $18.4 million flowed through his Liberty Reserve accounts. But in 2013, Liberty Reserve was shut down. Today we announced charges against Liberty Reserve, who for years have operated one of the world's most widely used digital currencies. That's former U.S. attorney Preet Bharara, announcing that the Justice Department had raided the offices of Liberty Reserve in Costa Rica. In what may be the largest international money laundering case ever brought by the United States. Mike himself wasn't charged this time, but authorities seized Midas Gold's website, and all the Liberty Reserve he had on hand became worthless. It was only six months later, in December 2013, that 31-year-old Michael Patron launched Quadriga, with 25-year-old Gerald Cotton. 
and the rest was history. The first time I heard the name Michael Patron, it was in the same breath that I also heard Omar Danani, his alter ego. This is Michael Perklin again. He's the Bitcoin security expert who met Jerry at the meetup. They ended up becoming friends. He introduced himself as the CEO of uh, Quadriga. And I never found that weird at all um, until years later I heard allegations that there was somebody else, uh, Michael Patron or Omar Tanani, who was the CEO um, of Quadriga. Uh, and I remember asking him about that. Actually, it was, it was one night when he was over at my place playing board games. So it's like, hey, Jerry, I got to ask you. Uh, you're the CEO, right? Yep. So I heard that there's this other guy, Omar, that he's the CEO. Uh, at least somebody from Vancouver mentioned to me that he's telling people in Vancouver that he's the CEO. What's up with that? Oh, well, um, he was definitely more involved in the earlier days, but no, I'm the CEO. Uh, he's no longer involved with the company. And I was like, okay. In 2019, after Jerry's alleged death was announced, and Quadriga customers learned that their $215 million had disappeared. It didn't take long for those customers to start asking about Mike. What had been an open secret in the Canadian Bitcoin industry became public knowledge when reporters found the name change records that proved Michael Patron from Quadriga used to be Omar Patron from Midas Gold and before that Omar Danani from Shadow They also found Omar's mugshot. And if you compare it to a photo of Mike, it's pretty clear that they're the same person. So for Quadriga's customers, Mike instantly became a suspect. They wondered, what if Mike had been the secret mastermind behind Quadriga the whole time? Because to them, Jerry didn't really seem like the kind of guy who could have stolen their $215 million. But Mike did. Mike knew how to launder money and change his name. So maybe he helped or even forced Jerry to steal their Bitcoin and adopt a new identity. But when reporters tracked Mike down, he said he found out about Jerry's death the same way everyone else did, from the internet. Mike said he'd been living in Saigon and had barely spoken to Jerry since he quit Quadriga all the way back in 2016. But when he was pressed on other points, Mike was evasive. Despite all the evidence that proves he and Omar Danani are the same person, Mike denied it to reporters. He also tried to downplay his role at Quadriga. He said he was just an advisor, not one of the founders. And he refused to say how he and Jerry had first come to know each other. He'd only say that they met online around five years ago, which would have been when they were starting Quadriga together. But we know now that that's not true. Mike and Jerry went back a lot further than five years. When the U.S. Justice Department busted Liberty Reserve in 2013, they seized the domains of all the websites that sold it, including Michael Patron's site, Midas Gold. The evidence for the case has been online for years. There are records for all the websites that sold Liberty Reserve how much of it moved through each site, and how much each site was holding at the time of the shutdown. Oh, and the contact information for the people who ran each Liberty Reserve exchange. Nobody ever had much reason to go combing through these records. 
until Quadriga collapsed and Mike became a person of interest. And when Quadriga customers finally went looking, what they found was surprising. Because the contact for Midas Gold wasn't Michael Patron. And it wasn't Omar Patron or Omar Danani either. The contact email for Midas Gold was gerald.cotton at gmail.com. That's right. Jerry had a secret past too. Jerry and Mike had dealt Liberty Reserve together. Before they sold Bitcoin to grandmas at Quadriga, they helped cyber criminals launder their money at Midas Gold. Next to Mike, Jerry always seemed pretty harmless, but this meant that maybe they weren't so different after all. And maybe behind the mask Gerald Cotton showed to the world, he was somebody else too. On the next episode of Exit Scam. A few years ago, I was struggling with my financial portfolio. It felt like there was no solution. That is until I found the Quadriga Fund. Then the people who had lost their money would just sort of think, well, maybe the money's coming, the money's coming. And finally, they just kind of give up hope. I'm excited. Are you excited, Jerry? I am excited. Exit Scam was written and produced by me, Aaron Lammer, and Lane Brown. Mixing and additional editing by Martin D. Fowler. Show art by Mickey Duje. Theme song by Francis and the Lights. Music in this episode was by Francis Starlight, Mark Allen Piccolo, Ross Simonini, Martin D. Fowler, and myself. Our executive producers are Max Linsky, Lane Brown, and myself for Treats Media. Additional sound editing and producing by James Nicholson. Additional producing by Jacqueline Scurry. Special thanks to Jake Schreier, Patty Greco, Naraj Agrawal, My Guy Ledger Status, Evan Ratliff, Joel Lovell, Ann Garrett, and Jay Kang. If you want to listen to next week's episode right now, you can listen to it for free in the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Look it up in the app store of your choice. Listen to next week's episode right now. We'll be back next week.